Hey guys, welcome to the Hard Time Strongman Podcast. This is six, I'm here with seven. Today, we are training up a better class of man and we're on lessons learned. Right now, we're gonna be talking about winter preparedness for this year. I know we're already about halfway through December. We're already halfway through December, dude. God, don't talk about it. What happened? You know what happened to me the other day? Someone asked me how old I was. Someone asked me how old I was. I was like, oh, I'm like 27. I'm 29. I was like, you just kind of took two off the top, huh? <laughs> like everything's just been a fever dream for a while. Yeah, it's kind of like how you were trying to do your math and you were off by like four years. Yeah, screw you. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Lessons learned. We're preparing. We did a dad episode on this a while back. It and was we quick. Talked through, and we talked through some good points. We, it was a quick episode. Um, but you wanted to do this episode specifically as what have we done in the last year? And what have we seen in the last year that we you know, want to be better prepared for? Or against, rather. Yeah, I almost kind of feel like this is kind of a yearly thing. Almost a town hall, you know, AAR, what did we learn? What did we do? What did we, you know, three sustains, three improves? Yeah, I'm not going to do that kind of garbage, but, you know, screw you, Army. But, um, yeah, you know, I just wanted to take a look at what happened the last year. You know, things we both went through. What can we improve on? You know. Yeah. What went well? And just well, kind of like we said, we said a lot of like, oh, I'm going to do this this year. And it's like, do we, did he actually do that? Like, was that right. actually a priority over the last mm-hmm. year from last winter? So and I'll be honest, I don't remember what I said I was going to do. But, you know, here we are. <laughs> <laughs> I remember a couple of things. I, I chilled out. and I didn't do them. But, you know, like I said, we'll we'll talk over it. But, yeah, I think this needs to be an ongoing conversation, even if it's not a dedicated episode every single time. You know, winter is not going away. And uh, just as dads, like this is something that we're going to be harping on our families until, you know, until we freaking die. So, yeah, I mean, there's the always same- something it's like a it's, you know, to your point, it's like a it's like a fighting position. You can you're you're always improving. Yeah, you can always improve it. And it's it's the same thing with tornado hurricane season, monsoon season like there, it's, it's ever changing. There no. If there's one thing I've learned living in Indiana, Texas, and Florida is like no two tornadoes, no two hurricanes, no two rainy seasons are ever alike. And just like that, no two winters are ever alike. I've been through some brutal winters in Indiana, but I've also been through some mild winters in Indiana. You know, it's just it's it's whatever God decides to throw your way and you just got to be prepared for the mild and you need to be prepared for the worst. And I mean, hell, living in Texas, you went through the worst a few years ago. For for me, yes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, now there's some dudes in Alaska that are just like, yeah, man. I mean, I haven't had power since the 80s, but you're doing great. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, the Texas snowstorm. Yeah, that was a that was like a spring for us kind of thing. It was a real doozy. I, but, you know, just the way that we are, you know, we'll never be done. You know, I mean, no. you're never done improving. You're never done, you know, fixing something or tinkering or working on something. and for me, at least, like you said, like you take the ups and downs, like there have been, you know, some winters where it's been just the coldest it's ever been. But, mm-hmm. dude, I had all my ducks in a row. I was co- I was hot inside. You know, I'm <laughs> like, this is like whatever. I've also had, you know, fairly mild winters while I'm just like, oh, everything sucks and I'm in panic mode. Like, 
you know, this is not a, this is not a good mm-hmm. time. So, you know, it is a very, it is on a, on a scale for sure. It's on a spectrum for sure. Yeah. So. So this comes down to, like we said, just being prepared for winter emergencies at home and in your vehicle. It's, it's crucial to make sure that you're safe and the well-being of yourself and your loved ones is like priority. So we've got some guidelines for both scenarios, like in your home and in your vehicle. It's, it's really important to be prepared for both. So let's hit home preparedness first, and then we'll hit your vehicle preparedness. Okay. So we talk about preparedness. Yes. Winterize your home. This is just a maintenance step. This is homesteading 101. Make sure your home is well insulated. Check your windows and doors for drafts and seal them. You can do this with weather stripping. You can do this with caulking. You can do this with, I mean, hell, I've seen people do it with saran wrap and duct tape. They sealed their windows that way. I mean, so let's actually, let's stick on this point for a little bit. Go for it. Like you said, this is a, this is something that you are constantly observing mm-hmm. in your environment, in your home. You are constantly observing every little thing this has to do, you know, with your, you know, what you can see, what you can hear, what you can feel. Okay. So if you feel a draft under your back door or on the side of the door, when you go to lock it at night, if you see frost creeping up on the corners or, you know, fog starting to creep on the middle top of your windows, Ooh. you know, this is all stuff that you need to be, you know, need to be looking at. Okay. Mm-hmm. So like you said, you can go to any hardware store, any weed and feed or ranch store, and you can find weather proofing strips or insulation strips for your doors, for your windows, for your garage doors. Okay. And for a lot of the stuff we talked about a little bit in that last winter episode is you're trying to compartmentalize a lot of things, right? So if you have a central heating and air unit in your home, Okay, your house isn't going to be the same over the entire house. So a lot of houses do not have insulation above the or above the uh, the garage. Right. You're not worried about the garage. The garage isn't a living space. So you're kind of sacrificing that area, you know, to keep the rest of, you know, the home more insulated. Okay, Your 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 garage door, the door that and that from your garage to your home better be well insulated. (laughs) Right. Like if you're thinking about that, if you're dealing with a zero degree garage and then you have a half inch gap underneath the door, where do you think that air is going? Yeah. So. A little bit of common sense with this stuff, okay? but, you know, like we said, you know, if you feel a draft on the side or, you know, underneath your doors, that's easy. Weather weatherproofing is easy. Rip that sucker off. You know, pull the adhesive on the new one, tack it in, you're done. All right. And the stuff doesn't last forever. You should be no. looking at observing this. You should be inspecting all this stuff for wear and tear. You know, say the kid's, you know, busting around, he busts something or the dog scratches something when he's trying to get out. You know, whatever. I don't care. You know, time itself will wear down these high friction points. These points that are getting constantly rubbed or compressed over time. They are going to fail. Now, something you, besides those. Oh, go for it. I was going to say, and you also mentioned your heating and AC unit. It's definitely important to get your ductwork inspected and your uh, AC and heater unit serviced regularly, yearly, for sure, yearly. Because yes. I can't tell. I mean, in Florida, AC is a must. It is 
pretty sure it's actually against the law to not have an AC unit down here. That's going to be against the Geneva Convention. What? <laughs> I mean, the Geneva suggestions? I mean, it's not like, you know, melt the paint off your car hot, but it gets it gets toasty. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but also, you know, like you said, ductwork. I've lived in I've lived in homes where the right above the AC unit where it leads into that ductwork, that AC tape has come undone. So if you press on the on the ductwork a little bit, you have a gap. Oh. You know, like inspect that stuff. Your air filter, for one, you should be you know changing that on on mm-hmm. the monthly. You mm-hmm. know, set a timer. You have a phone, right? Um, yeah. But something else I was just going to say about Windows specifically. So if you don't want to go through, you know, because I know it can be an investment, you know, going to the, like the double pane or, you know, the yes. Enviroglass and whatever to get that better rating. Windows but, are expensive. Yes. Or, you know, if you don't want to do like the, uh, you know, if you can't afford those or if you don't need to change out the um, the installation on the bottom of the windows uh, and you're still having a tough time dude, get some heavy duty curtains. Yeah, because that that alone will fix a lot of that issue or at least, you know, cause a little buffer. You know, it helps every little bit helps there. And I I will say, especially if you live in a cold an area where it does get really cold in the winter, you're not going to open up those windows anyway. You're fine with like getting the heel and stick like window sealer stuff to go around the windowsill mm. of the entire window to seal it off. I we use that in Indiana. We yeah. definitely use that because I don't care how new your house is. Gaps will eventually happen. Home surrender, like you said, yes. something, you Seal know, it up and it does help do that. Do the heavy duty curtains. You are fine. Barring that have heavy blankets. So I'm going to say, man, I grew up on a farm, heavy blankets, wear heavy Ooh. clothing. Yes. Well, yes. well, something that we did in Oregon in, <laughs> you know how you look back sometimes, like, just like how you grew up and you're like, oh, <laughs> I, I yeah. see what you guys did there. Mm-hmm. So like my, like, regardless of whatever season, we never set our thermostat over 65. So like looking back, I was like, because like, I'll go home now with my family. I'm like, oh, <laughs> So, like, I don't know if it's because we were, like, gas heat or, like, if my parents got too hot or what, but we literally, it was 65 all year around. And, like, just part of my home life was, like, if you got cold, put on a sweater. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was, yeah, like, same for us. I, I, but, like, I didn't think anything of it. But now looking back, I'm like, guys, <laughs> it's like, it's so funny. But, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. man, buy heavy blankets, get wool blankets. You know, throw on a sweater, you know, not only, you know, saving money on, you know, gas or electric or whatever, but, you know, it's it's creating another another layer. Your first line of defense with any kind of shelter is your clothing. So, yes, you know, have clothing that makes sense. Something we'll talk mm-hmm. about in our, you know, in our Fieldcraft Shelter episode is, you know, is clothing. Have a good base layer, man. Base yes. layers go a long, long way. If you have a decent uh, set base layer top and bottoms like you can you know that gives you a lot of wiggle room yes yes it does so water pipes oh god yes so if you live in a home that has 
you know, like, you know, copper pipes, then I, you know, recommend throwing, you know, that insulation over everything. Yeah. Yes. Regardless, Mm -hmm. because you do not want to have to mess with that headache of your lines freezing, the water expanding and making a hell of a mess and a headache. God, Yes. Something that we're going to do whenever we build our home is we're going to use PEX tubing mm-hmm. on everything. It's flexible. It'll expand. It's great stuff. But yeah, um, outside of you know getting the insulating sleeves outside of you know having the covers for outside faucets, I'd say where you know whatever system you have have replacement parts like ready. So. When we were going through the freeze in 21, I went out with a buddy to help somebody, to help a neighbor who had a busted pipe. And we were able to shut off their water and everything. We had the, you know, whatever, the magic key for the, you know, the city line. And we were able to shut it off before it caused any real damage. But when we went to Home Depot to, you know, go get a quick uh, fitting for a shark fitting for it, like Home Depot was swamped with people. Because yes. everybody's pipes were breaking. So while your pipes aren't broken and you're not in an emergency, stock up on your replacement parts on, you know, on those fixes. So you don't have to scramble, you know, if and when they do happen, have that stuff on hand and right. know how to use it, of course. Right. And of course, all the tools like you stress, can't stress that enough. Can't stress that enough. I don't care if you have all the materials necessary. If you don't have the tools, know how to use them. You are screwed. Period. I will say this. One thing that we did on the farm when it got really cold was we, and I know this is out there, but you leave your water on a slow trickle. Oh, of course. Nine times Every out of time. 10, that's going to prevent the lines from freezing. It so work. I told the story. I told the story a while back when we were going through that freeze, our, mm-hmm. uh, our kitchen faucet froze. It was on a outside wall, right? Yeah. And I was telling my old neighbor that, and he said, oh, put a candle under the, under the faucet, under the sink, like under the pipe, you know, under the sink. I was like, really? He said, yep, go do it. Tell me whenever it melts. And I just threw just a little El Cheapo candle underneath that little, uh, that little U-dip in your sink underneath the, you know, under in that sink cabinet. I just threw a candle under there. Not five minutes and just my, you know, huh. it all melted away. It was totally fine. Huh. And yeah, usually that you did. I, is I the, turned it down to a, I turned it down to a drip and I was fine for, you know, the rest of the freeze. That's weird. Cause I thought the little U dip was for the, uh, the outflow to prevent it like, is, the spell from it, going back. It heated everything. Oh. Well, damn. Okay. Neat, right? Yeah, dude. But it's just the, that's crazy. The, those those old dude things, man. Yeah, those old guy tricks. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh, but yeah, like you said, have the tools, know how you use them. I'm looking at your, you know, you're recording in your garage right now, and I see all of your tools are, you know, hanging up. You have a huge toolbox that's orally labeled everything. So not only have the tools, know how to use them, have them in a readily accessible and organized space. Yep. 
It doesn't matter what tools you have. You can't get to them if you don't know where they are. And I know what I know how to use every single tool tool that's in that tool chest, period. Yeah, my my dad rant is over on that. Yes. Rah, rah, rah. <laughs> you didn't know this was going to be a data. So did you? Well, jokes on you. Uh, no surprise. Yeah. Like tools are we we can't stress that enough, especially in homesteading is know how to use use the tools that you have. I mean, I just got a drill press for reasons. Anyway, and now that's a dasode, I will say don't rent anything. Bye. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, unless you I hate renting. I hate renting things, I, especially I do, tools. But I, I hate renting s- tools. <laughs> I I agree. But at the same time, it's just like sometimes you don't have the storage space for them. So you got to get rent. that. But if I'm going to use something once, I'm probably going to use it again later. Mm, maybe, yeah. And I don't have I mean, the heart to get rid of it. Like it's like a firearm. I'll never, I'll never sell a firearm. No, never. No. <laughs> like I, I no. couldn't bring myself to do it. That's that's not something you sell, right? Right. However, that farm down the street in the sticks that's having a state sale because. Pop, oh, Pop, yeah. Who is like 89, 102 years old, who has an entire bar full of stuff. Yeah. Go raid that. Like, yes. <laughs> like, go ahead. Spend spend a couple hundred thousand dollars because, you know, he has all sorts of stuff and he's in immaculate condition. So. Or at least, you know, still works, sort of. Yeah. The ones that I've been to where it's like a whole barn full of stuff, it's just like. Everything's oiled, everything's sharp. Mm-hmm. Like the dude was a unit. Anyways, now the data ranch is over. Yeah. Keep your heating system well maintained. So we talked about, you know, essential heating and air. Okay. Change out your filters. Like you said, make sure your ductwork is solid. You know, if you Service need to get service, get serviced. You know, clean, clean those suckers out. Okay. I mean, hell, even your dryer vent, like, you know, clean that oh, sucker yes. out, man. Make sure that goes. That's where half your power is going, probably, because it's never been cleaned before. Mm-hmm. You know, do your due diligence. But something for like people with wood burning stoves or, you know, with fireplaces, get that sucker clean, man. Clean that. Flute. Like, that's a fire yes. waiting to happen. Yes. Plus, it's not efficient. So, something that was frustrating with me, and I talked about a little bit, you know, back with the, back with the freeze was my fireplace is for show. It's not a efficient fireplace, right? Like it'll have, it'll take, you know, it'll have a fire, but it's not, it doesn't burn efficiently. It doesn't heat the space efficiently. Okay. It's, it's a nice, cool, you know, little extra deal. I cracked every stone right down the middle (laughs) going up because I had too hot for too long. Now, something that I can do in my situation is I can go online or go to, you know, certain like, uh, you know, it's more like country ranch type uh, depots. And I'm pretty sure I could find a wood stove insert, like a cast iron wood stove mm-hmm. insert that I mm-hmm. could throw right in that space. Use the same, yep. you know, use the same shoot everything. And that will heat my home. Yeah. I could cook I, off that. I could that that yeah. could that's a generational aisle. That thing will be there for a hundred years. And yeah. you know, that's just that but that's my due diligence. I need to do the research. I need to, you know, save up and buy and you know do all that. But uh whatever system you have, obviously make sure it's well maintained. If you 
you know, runoff, you know, gas and you don't get pumped directly to your home. If you have to store it on site, make sure that suckers fill right up. You know, if you have like a little buddy heater that's safe to use indoors, have extra of those, you know, propane mm-hmm. heaters. If you're relying on propane for heating, for cooking, you know, make sure you have that available. If you're relying on AC, make sure you have contingencies. Yes. Whether that's wool blankets, hand warmers galore, sleeping bags. Something that we did was we threw our one year old in a in a tent in the middle of the living room because it conserved his heat, his body heat on his own. And he was fine. Yep. But, you know, think outside the box a little bit on this stuff. If you have to stay in place now, yeah. something that we did set up because it was a multi day thing with our church was we set up warming locations. So we set up our church as a warming location where people who were out of power, who didn't have heating sources could go you know, get warm, get a cup of coffee and, you know, just kind of be on standby. But that's to do with your community and, you know, just getting all, of, you know, those gears turning. Bro, I'm not going to lie. You guys lived like almost the real life version of freaking. Uh... Wow. God, what was that stupid movie with the Jake Gyllenhaal? The one where the freaking world freezes over. Are you talking about uh you know what after tomorrow? About. Yes. That crappy oh, movie. Oh gosh. <laughs> crappy movie. That was ahead of its time. It was, but it was also stupid. It had some really great bits in it, though. It did. The it hobo did. stuffing newspaper in his shirt and his clothes mm-hmm. as extra mm-hmm. insulation. I don't know why that stuck with me as a kid. It did. And I told my dad, I said, like, I love this part. And we were watching him. I love like this guy's so smart like this. He's he's putting like and my dad just looks sad. I was like, you know what? Like, this is a good part. And my dad was like, I hope you never have to. Yeah. Use that. And like, yeah. that's where my dad's head went. But I was just like, as a kid, I was like, this is freaking cool. Like, it's who smart. would have thought to use newspaper? Right, like it's smart and so, layer yeah, as extra installation. I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, that's awesome. And also another, actually, another good part of that was where they went and scavenged the uh, the ship for medicine. Mm. So that actually leads into the next point, which is maintain a well stocked first aid kit and have all necessary medications on hand. Like you don't want to be running out of medications that you actually need. One hundred percent. Yep. Yep. So if you need you know, your medication to stay alive or at least, you know, be a functioning adult person, you know, you need to be having at least a month supply of that on hand yep. at any given time. So, you know, if you have the automatic refills, you know, spam that sucker online. If you have to call into your mom and pop pharmacy, you know, call them again. You yep. know, I do it as soon as I get my prescription in the mail, I put in the refill. So I can always try to stay at least a month ahead. As long as it's not a uh, regulated freaking prescription, you should be okay. Then, yeah, you're, you're just kind of screwed. <laughs> yeah, you're definitely screwed <laughs> on that one. I, I will say too, as someone who just loves Tylenol at Costco, or I've never been in Sam's Club, but Sam's Club probably does the same thing. It, but just yeah, the get, the 500, yeah. get the 500 cow sucker mm-hmm. and you'll be good for a while. But, yeah. you know, yeah, I mean... Something, you know, in a more serious note, uh, was it Dura Health? We'll we'll make 
or duration health, not your health, duration health is a, is a company that makes med kits. And basically the, the idea is you build out this kit with whatever medication you want, or they have the, the pre, you know, the pre done kits you, when you purchase, you get a online, you know, like a virtual visit with a provider because a lot of stuff they have to be prescribed talk about your medical issues your medical history doc signs it off and they send it out to you so that's awesome that's a good way the yeah so that's a good way to get like cephalex and amoxicillin like um i don't remember all the all the different kits they have but they have a lot of really great kits you know that you can get like epi pens like that sort of thing obviously it has to be you know per your medical history what you actually need but a lot of guys, if you're planning to you know go overseas, then they'll make a kit for that for whatever area you're going to. So yeah, they have stuff with like anti-malaria pills, like all sorts of stuff. So cool idea to have. They also do AEDs, but like you said, a uh, good med kit for you know that just a good general kit. But make sure that, like you said, if you need specific medications per specific family members, have that all included. Uh. And then backup heating sources. So touched that talked about that a little bit with like the wood burning stove or like the buddy heaters, mm-hmm. propane heaters. Something that's really easy to buy, you know, like I said, at Costco, any of those like big wholesale places, hand warmers. Yes. You can get those by the hundreds. And you know, no, it's not gonna sustain you for a long time, but that is very, very helpful. They also have you know, good deals on like base layers. Yeah. Solid base layers, solid, <clears throat> excuse me, solid wool gloves, solid wool uh, socks. So antimicrobial. So, you know, you're not going to, you know, stink up the place that's moisture wicking. It's, you know, it keeps its, uh, it keeps us, you know, thermal qualities in, you know, when they're wet. So if you're hot, it's going to keep your feet cool or at least going to wick the moisture away. If you're cold, it's going to retain the heat, even if it's wet, which is a huge plus. Love wool. Um, but a big thing with like, especially the propane here is make sure that it is safe for indoor yes. use. Yeah, Because not all of them are safe for indoor use. I know a couple Something people have actually started a house fire with those. Not good. Mm-hmm. Not good. Some an interesting solution I've seen in the uh, overlanding community is buying uh, diesel heaters, little diesel heaters. Oh yeah. And then yeah, uh, the idea with that when you're overlanding, right? So you have that on the outside of your vehicle, and then you pump it in because you can get the insulated, um, like accordion style vents. Yep. So it doesn't get hot on the outside, so it won't like burn your tent or burn, mm-hmm. you know, or melt anything. But you can pipe that right into your tent, and there's nothing to, you know, the carbon monoxide is already going out when outside of the tent or outside of the cave of the vehicle. So you're not worried about that kind of poisoning. I can only assume that you could do the same thing with your home for obviously compart, you know, compartmentalized areas. You're not trying to heat your entire home off a little diesel heater. That'd be interesting. Mm. Probably but just something a also futile effort. I was going to say, but it's not like a generator. Same idea. Super easy. Mm-hmm. Um, what else for alter? I talked about like a tent. That's a more of a 
think outside the box kind of idea with compartmentalization and retaining your body heat. You talked about like heavy blankets, you know, having decent clothing. What else? Uh, you could use, I mean, if you're really desperate, you can use thermal tape and seal up the room that you're in or seal up the, uh, mm. the door to the outside so that you can keep as much heat in as possible. And yeah. that's if like you're really desperate because keep in mind the second you pull that away, it's all you run the out. risk of it not sticking again. So, I mean, there's that there's blankets, like you said, wool gloves. I mean, if you really want to find some good base layers, I recommend, um, if you want good deals on them, check out your army Navy surplus stores. A lot of times, I mean, a lot of stuff, a lot of times this stuff could be used, but I have gone into my local one and found brand new unused stuff for the same price as the used stuff. So it takes a little time, takes a little patience, but you can find good stuff. And that stuff is warm because it's designed to be used in wartime. And you know it's going to be good because we never get to freaking use them when we want to <laughs> or need to. <laughs> Another thing that's wrong with the army. Anyway, this is not a rain episode. Anyways, uh, yeah, no, I think you covered everything as far as like the the backup stuff. So let's move on to communication. You had a good thing going with your neighbors there with radios. Yeah, yeah, that's something that we did almost immediately after the fact, just buying cheap radios, yep. something that we can use to talk to each other. So not super long distance. Obviously, we live in a cul-de-sac. Um, yeah. But also has the capability of, you know, hooking up to the NOAA channels so you can you know, listen for weather alerts or emergency mm-hmm. alerts. They're nationwide. Those are those are nice. We just have, you know, little bail things, you know, little cheap ham radios. But you could buy, you know, go to Walmart, buy a blister pack of freaking CB radios. Yep. You get four in a pack, five in a pack, and it'll do almost the exact same thing. Obviously, you won't hook up to you know, like the no channels or anything, but if you just need to check on your neighbors, so you're like, Hey, are, are you okay? Yeah. <laughs> you know, it goes a long way instead of having to trudge over, you know, and brave the conditions or, you know, when you could be doing something else. So well, right. I was busy. I was busy the entire four days. Like oh, I yeah. was hardly in the house at all because I was either checking on my neighbors, checking on supplies, chopping firewood, you know, your priorities are work shift a lot. So oh, yes, there's no time to be lazy when your life and other lives are on the line for that. And mm-hmm. you mentioned uh, some of those radios can't really hook into the NOAA, NOAA channels. So what you can do to actually counteract that is get one of those hand crank or battery powered um, emergency weather. Or radios. solar power. Yeah, yeah. or solar power. Yep. Those are great. Mine does all three, which is great. The only thing that was scared the crap out of me was I had it set to auto turn on when there was an alert during hurricane season. Nice. Yeah, yeah. It woke me up at like two in the morning. That was very fun. startling. Yeah, startling <laughs> something enough I will I say. Gun. Something that I will say: uh, getting little battery or charging packs. Yes. Portable power banks are mm-hmm. freaking money. Yep. And the sweet thing is, you can have one of those in your car right now, hooked up to your you know, little cigarette lighter, you know, charging over USB all the time. You wouldn't even know it's there. And then if you need it, you have a full power bank. I'd say I have one of those in every car, have a couple of those at the house that are charged because they, they keep it charged for a good while, 
but absolutely invaluable. That's one of the first things that our buddies did for us when we lost power and they still had power. They gave us a couple of power banks. Yes. And we were able to charge our phones. I mean, huge. Yeah. I've got that. I still have that one that I found in uh, Kuwait when we were going into Afghanistan. Nice. And I actually have that hooked up to one of my other power banks that's a solar charger. So not only is the solar charger charging, but it's also charging the other power bank. So I've got two cool. ready to go no matter what. And those cool. things are clutch when the power goes yeah. out. We have not had run into that yet, sure. but, you know, I'm going to knock on wood, but, you know, we haven't had that happen yet, but the potential is there for it to happen. So, yeah, always stay ready, especially in times like this. Like, yeah, got to have mm-hmm. a way to communicate. You got to know what's going on in the outside world. You got to be able to communicate with your neighbors, your family, if something goes wrong. So definitely, definitely have those charged. Like definitely charge your electronic devices beforehand. You know, if you, if you can, if you have time, if weather's coming in, start charging stuff, charge stuff, get everything prepped, be ready to go. So have your backups also charged. So like you said, power banks, those are fantastic. I cannot stress those enough. Power banks, power banks, power banks, charge your radio batteries, have them charged ahead of time. I've got like six sitting in the tool chest right now. Mm -hmm. Oh. So when we communicate with the outside world, we're looking for emergency contacts. So have a list of all your emergency contacts written down on paper. Don't put it on digits for this very reason of power going out. Yes, it does not count if it's on your phone. So something that my parents had when I was growing up is, you know, when you know me and my sisters were teenagers, you know, we were more independent and, you know, not everybody was in the house at the same time. They had a uh, a little like a dress book mm-hmm. magnet on, you know, on their, on their fridge. And that had everybody's phone numbers, addresses, everything. So, uh, close family members, you know, the emergency contacts for like neighbors, uh, at the utility company or water company or, you know, whatever, uh, just everything that you would need right there. So, you know, if your dad was out driving to work and you know, we couldn't get a hold of him. Then we had the number for his work with his yeah. extension to his office. Like, you know, you have all the stuff, like you said, written down ahead of time, make sure that everybody in the family knows where it is. And, you know, it kind of leads into having an emergency plan. Right. Right. So first off, you need an emergency plan. So create an emergency plan. Make sure all of your family members are up to date on that. Everybody knows what everybody else needs to do. So if it's somebody's job to go check on the animals, that person you go check on the animals, you know where everybody is going, what everybody's going to do. And you have a good way to communicate with everybody. But if you don't have a plan, if you don't practice the plan, then you're wasting all that time trying to figure that out. Or, you know, even worse consequences are going to happen because you don't have a plan set in place. One other thing you definitely need to have in place is, man, so what happens if, what do you do if like the worst happens? Somebody gets injured. That's got to be part of your emergency plan too. How are you going to get to the hospital? What happens if you're snowed in? How are you going to get to the hospital? You got to have a plan for that. What happens if you're at home, your wife's at work, and your kid's at school? 
and then all of the cell towers go down. And it's in the middle of the day. Oof. What's the plan? Oof. Does everybody know the plan? Where do you meet? Do you go to your wife? Do you go to your child? Does your wife go to your child? Because you can see how, you know, does your child go home? Because if everybody does that, then you're going to be chasing each other's tails. Mm-hmm. And you'll never meet up. Yep. So. What do you do? If you don't have that figured out, then, you know, that's a very real possibility. And if that's stretched out over, you know, a good 20, 30 minute drive. You know, think about that when the road conditions are trash. Yeah, I mean, it's not a good way. So. That brings us into our vehicle preparedness. I mean, this is just while it's at home, you know. We'll go into a little bit more detail on this, but ensure your car is in good working condition, especially the battery, the tires, brakes, and the big thing, your antifreeze. It'd be really great if someone did an episode on, you know, car maintenance, scheduled maintenance on a vehicle. Yeah, it's coming because a lot of people out there don't know how to do that. Or what yeah. they should be looking for. I mean, for. hell, man, even just even just uh, wiper fluid. Yeah, I make sure that both vehicles have four season wiper fluid with Rainex in there. Mm-hmm. Oh that yeah, way it won't freeze. Yep, that's all I put in but, our vehicles now is that Rainex stuff. But you know, like you said, make sure all your fluids are good. Make sure that your tires are solid. They're not worn down. They're you know they all have uh, you know decent pressure. Your battery. You know, how old is your battery for one? You know, in the cold in winter, that thing's gonna you know start yep. wearing down more. Mm-hmm. That's something to be you aware may, of. You if you think that you're good those... because you have a, a portable charger or you have a power bank in your car that's been in your car all year and you haven't checked on it and it's been cold for a couple months now, mm-hmm. that's something you need to check. There are those uh those battery maintainer things. Yeah, I feel like those would be really good for the winters months. Yeah, I've months. seen those. That just has to go back to, you know, you checking your stuff. Right. And I'm glad you put this uh, this bull in here, keeping your gas tank at least half full. Yep. That should be an SOP just all the time, regardless of what season. Correct. Especially during your a good gold standard period is to never dip below half a tank because half a tank Mm -hmm. will get you where you need to go Mm -hmm. in emergency. Yep. But don't be running to E and then running to find a gas station. Like that's not smart. It's not a smart way to live. Because either you're not going to get there or you're going to run into every other Tom, Dick, and Harry who's doing the same thing. So, and they may be out of gas when when you get there. So, I was going to say everyone's trying to fill up their styrofoam coolers with gasoline for the ride home (laughs) their plastic bags yeah no so the reason that you do that is not only so that you can make sure you get someplace but it also prevents the lines from freezing and that is a very real possibility it has to get pretty freaking cold but it is a possibility right a quick tangent on that time about freezing so if you have 
you know, a lawnmower, if you have a chainsaw, if you have anything that, you know, is gas powered, mm-hmm. you need to winterize that as well as part of your home preparedness. Yes. Yep. Also, if you live in an area where there's a very real possibility of the roads being pretty bad, equip your vehicle with winter tires or mm, the very least tire chains. Yes. Have tire chains in your trunk. And check those tire chains. You know, I mean, most of them so, were and don't just let the tire decades, chains live in your trunk. On. Like, put them on at least once. Mm-hmm. Like, put them on at least once. So, one, yep. so you know they'll fit. Two, so you know how to do it. It's Instead of trying to figure out why your hands it. are numb. <laughs> yeah. Oh, all right. Let's get into the actual vehicle itself. So, when you're out driving around, you want this stuff in your car. It's a lot of stuff, but at the same time, you know, I recommend having them because, dude, you never know what you're going to run into, especially with with snow and ice, sleet, whatever, what have you on the road, it can be, it can be pretty harrowing. I've, I've been through quite a few snows in my time and it's, it's rough. If you have to get out, it's pretty rough. So first thing above all else, have an emergency kit. So when we're talking about this, we're talking about blankets, sleeping bags, warm clothing, waterproof layers, non-perishable snacks and water. Yes, I know water freezes, but you know, if it's inside your car, chances are your heat's going to be on. So it's probably not going to freeze for a while. So even if you have to park outside. So water is a little sketchy for me in a car because I've had days like when I was in high school Mm -hmm. where, you know, I'm, you know, park, go inside, have my school day, come back in, my water exploded in my cup holder. Oh, because it just froze in the time that I was gone. So I'm a little okay. eh, on okay. water. Can, so during months where you're not that. worried about it freezing. Yes, 100 percent. I would say in where you're worried about freezing and, you know, destroying things or, you know, obviously just not working for you, you know, have your ways to purify water and containers. So and one thing you can actually empty hard, you know, containers for water and then have like aqua tabs or Sawyer filter or ways to make fire, obviously, which you know is on your list. You should have that already that you can melt in there and boil and do your thing. But one thing you could do is actually to counteract that, get one of those um, like little thermal coolers. So I've, I mean, hell, I, I know I you're talking about the vacuum seal. Yeah. yeah. Well, double walled. That, like I've got, yeah, double walled. I've got like an Uber Eats uh, thermal little carry all thing i i would have no problem putting that in the truck of a car with a bunch of water in it and not worrying about them freezing over at the very least they'll be cold else you could but do they wouldn't be is, like, like frozen um, well and something else even if it does freeze if you have it only like halfway full mm-hmm. yeah it won't you might be burst. able to have enough expansion where you're not worried about it but right that you know just be wary right right so also a flashlight with extra batteries. This is also something you need in your home. We have, oh God, I probably want to say like five freaking flashlights. Do you have the drawer in your oh. kitchen? Well, yes, but I we have what's called a battery daddy. And it is, hang on, I'll grab it. 
neat. So for everyone who's listening, the drawer is the drawer in your kitchen where it has the plastic bags, the extra batteries, <laughs> the, the junk uh, drawer. Yeah, the the it's just called the drawer. Don't don't be rude. Um, I mean, that's what it is. The matches, you know, mm-hmm. the uh, the uh, bread, the bread bag ties, all that stuff. That's why I meant by the drawer. Yeah. So anyways, continue. is a nice little case that's cool that keeps all of your batteries like organized. send me that link please yeah it even that has is nice it even has in it a little a little battery tester that Holy actually crap. works i'm not even joking it actually freaking works that's amazing yeah i'll send this to you so I know you guys can't see it, but it has individual pockets for like individually sized batteries. So he's got like yep. 30 AAAs in there and they're all in their individual uh, little caddy. So they're all, not just all freaking jumbling around. That is cool. But it's even better. Battery you can store daddy. D's, I never thought I would say C's. those two words like right. one after the other. Interesting. Yeah, you, you can store D's, C's, double A, triple A, nine volts. Um, I've even got one, two, a, threes. A, Wrap ton of these LR forty fours. Little batteries using one, like two, the threes, small little twenty thirty twos. Yep, I got a little pocket for those in here. Neat. Uh, I mean, hell, there's so much storage that you flip it over. Oh, you need double A's? Well, here's more. The entire back. Dude, no way. Yes, that's wild. You can store wrap ton of those. I think we got them yeah, at Costco, but I can't remember. Yeah, that's I'll awesome. find one. I'll find one. Send you the link. Um, jumper so cables. Yes. Every yeah, vehicle, jumper cables. every vehicle you own needs jumper cables, needs tire chains, needs a big wool blanket, first aid kit, first aid kit. I don't know what else to tell you. The more you get into it, the more you know. The more prepared you are, the more you know. Happier you can be. I know that a lot of people are living on space, but you know, if you're you know living freaking Wisconsin, you know, outside of your Argo. general kitty litter. Or general kitty oh litter, you know, have a shovel, have max tracks. I mean, there's so many cool things now that we didn't used to have. Yes. Like if you can fit it, if you have an SUV or a truck, dude, throw max tracks on there, man. Yes. Like give me a freaking break. Like road Maybe. flares. Buy a six yep. pack of road flares, throw it in a bag. Like, yes, <laughs> yes. Ref- at the very least reflective triangles, Um, a tow rope. Dude, just get a tow rope. Just ha- for any season, tow rope. Come on. Even if you don't have a winch, someone else yeah. might have a winch that you can use. Yeah. And if they're, you know, their tow rope breaks or, you know, just need extra leverage or there's multiple vehicles, you know, what have you, fill in the blank. It's just nice to have. It doesn't cost a lot of space. And like we talked about in earlier episodes, think of your, you know, think of your car as just a giant beast of burden. Like it can mm-hmm. carry a stupid amount of weight. You're not yep. using your entire trunk. Throw a good size ruck in there and you know, you'll have all this stuff down pat. Right. Something I will say, uh, just a secondary consideration for the windshield. Cause I've seen a lot of really cool things for that, that, you know, isn't a huge time suck, like waiting for your whole windshield to defrost. Um, I've seen guys put, or I've at least heard of guys putting uh, kitty litter in socks, like old socks. And putting it up against the the windshield in the cab, 
and it prevents it from freezing over. Something that we have is Interesting. a yeah, yeah. I haven't done it myself yet. I want to try it out, but I've heard good things about that. Uh, something that I do have though is a cover for my windshield for both the yes. vehicles. Yes, you lay that down. It you know hooks onto both of your mirrors, and you actually lock it into the uh, into the windows, just you know so no one steals it. But that cover, you know, when you know it's going to freeze, pull that off. And your windshield is totally fine. You don't have to defrost it, anything. Yeah. It completely, completely protects it. See, so, those are awesome. Night and day difference. It's amazing. Yeah. Threw a shovel on there just in case you have to dig yourself out. Shovels can take up, they're big. They're big. So at the very Depending. least, just get yourself a, yeah, get yourself a little e-tool. Because you never know when you have to dig yourself out of something. Or a little gardening shovel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A little D-handle. Those aren't big. No. And you no, those are, those are on those. Size. Yeah, I've got freaking huge shovels. I'm not going to throw those in my trunk. I'll bring my e-tool though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but like uh, you can buy, you know, a, a tub of kitty litter or fill a sandbag mm-hmm. and, you know, that'll give you the traction you need. Yeah. You know, if you get stuck somewhere, I will say you need to have tire chains. You need to have tire chains. Yeah. Period. You know, it is funny. Vehicles, it doesn't matter. I. I've never run into the instance where I've actually had to take the kitty litter out and pour it on the ground. Just having it in the trunk has been more than enough to get me the traction I need to get out. Not even joking. Something. So I used to have a 94 Toyota pickup. And my dad used to fill two huge sandbags, like two landscaping sandbags. Mm -hmm. And he'd throw it in the back up on the wheel wells. Mm -hmm. And never got all day. Anywhere, yep. never got stuck, not even yep. once. I fish chilled one time. I slowed down a little bit. I immediately caught traction. I was like, "Huh, <laughs> the old guy knows what he's doing." I don't know, probably because he freaking grew up in Wisconsin, where they literally had to tunnel themselves out of their front door through snow to get to school in the morning. Yeah, yeah. Any whoozle yep. communication devices. It's just a reiteration of what we talked about last time okay yep. have a charger in your you know in your car have a usb charger in your car every time you get in your car you should plug it in it's just it should just be a habit at this mm-hmm. point yep um and then having secondary tertiary modes of communication so having a cb radio is a really good idea for a vehicle you know because yep. what do truckers rely on right um Having you know, you can buy CB radios that can, um, you know, that can access the NOAA, you know, the NOAA channels for yep. your weather alerts, all that sort of stuff. And Great I'll actually throw in, yeah, I'll actually throw in the uh, the radio channels for those for the continental United States, so that if oh, yeah, you do have a radio that can tune that, you can all I'll include that so you can tune it into that. Okay. Um, besides him reading off, this will be in the, in the show notes. all the links that we have. We'll yeah. give it to you guys. Any and all we're going to go ridiculous on this. Uh, so yeah, I mean, best case scenario, you have a CB radio, you have your fully charged cell phone. Um, if you want to grab like a cheap pack of barrel, fangs or something at the very least, that'll 
allow you to connect to uh, your local repeaters or even like worst case scenario, the uh, non-emergency law enforcement channel. So if you have problems and like you can radio in there, definitely above all else, don't don't get on their actual frequencies and talk to them because that's a, uh, was it an FAA violation? FCC violation? I mean, a federal offense. Yeah, not great. Yeah. You have a point here about weather monitoring. So yeah, same form about the local weather conditions before you travel. I'd go as far as to say you should be checking this every day when you get up. You need to make oh, this part of your routine. Yeah. What the weather's going to look like in your area if you're traveling, where you're traveling to. You know, this just needs to take five minutes out of your day and, you know, check the weather. This should just be what you do as an adult before you're you even get dressed in the morning so you know what to you know what to prepare for and definitely take you got to make it a habit too of like before you even leave check the check the weather because down here things can change in a matter of seconds so I, i'm trying to make that more of a habit now before i even step out the door i have to check the weather to be like am i walking into a freaking hurricane or am i gonna get sunny skies you never know with florida you just never know florida doesn't know how, no, how can you not even Florida. Not even God knows what's going to happen in Florida. Oh, so we're talking about driving. We're talking about driving in the winter. It varies from state to state, but generally, just drive cautiously. Reduce your speed. Increase your following distances in icy or snowy conditions. It takes. Say it again it? for the Texans, please. Yeah. For the Texans and all the Northerners, uh, the Northerners people. know how to drive in snow. <laughs> um, I'm from the North. I've seen the way people drive. I don't know about that. I will say that the people in Texas are freaking unable to drive on any light dusting of snow. Period. And it's hilarious. So, so my issue with Texas drivers is so. I've talked about this before. If if rain happens while while you know someone's on the road in Texas, it's not their fault. They forget how to drive. It's like an amnesic. Um, mm-hmm. They just get really confused, and that's not fair for me to get mad at. You know, that's you know where they're gonna do. They forget. Um, <laughs> now, in the snow, Texans are just amazed that it happened, so they don't yeah. even think about driving any differently they're like holy crap this is great and they're just looking around and they're wow this is amazing and they're going 80 miles an hour down the freeway it's like this is awesome and you know then then we have issues Uh, (laughs) but you're not wrong talking about driving driving cautiously okay um this takes a little bit of knowledge of your vehicle are you an all-wheel drive vehicle front wheel drive Mm. rear wheel drive understand your vehicle you know what your transmission looks like so you can drive accordingly okay like we talked about if you have a your front wheel drive throw some weight in the back you know get those tires down so that you have the traction you need so um from from what i can remember on driving on some of these crap roads um on dry pavement, if you're traveling at a speed of 35 miles an hour, it's going to take you 60 to 100 feet to come to a stop. On dry pavement, on snowpack streets, you're looking at double that. 
easily double that. And if it's icy, well, 600 feet. Well, think about this way. If you, I, I'd say, why well, would tell my kids, okay, they're not quite to driving age Thank yet, God. but why would tell my kids is, no, that just means uh, that I'm ancient. What, yeah, right. Whatever you wouldn't, whatever your follow distance for a car is and when i was learning how to drive it was you know pick a landmark so like a a pole like a like a phone pole a telephone pole or a light pole and then after your the vehicle you're following passes it you know count how many seconds it takes for you to get to that point you know that's your fault that's why i was first learning but you know you can eyeball it Mm -hmm. you know you you get used to driving everything right but whatever your normal driving you know your your follow distance is for vehicles in good conditions if you're uncomfortable or if you're worried about your driving conditions, say if it's raining or foggy or snowing or icy, double it. Yep. Good rule of thumb. And because the thing is, not everyone has to be used to driving in crappy conditions. Right. You know, I you know, grew up in Oregon. It's dark most of the year. I've, I've learned how driving in you know, crappy conditions. That's just part of life there. But not everybody has to do that. Right. right? So you don't have to be expected to drive as fast as everybody else. If you're not comfortable, slow down. Yes. Right. Say it again. You know, that should be common knowledge. If you're not comfortable, slow down, you know, make it safe for everybody else. Like you said, the conditions are going to dictate how quickly or how, you know, how much time it takes for you to stop. Right. So if it's raining or snowing, the roads are going to be slick. Right. Okay. Uh, Especially if you're on unmaintained roads not maintained roads oh, so if you're on a back road or fm or a county road or whatever you know expect that you know that you know that sand truck isn't gonna or that salt truck isn't gonna make the rounds out to you okay so if you have places so let's say it's you know ice snow conditions right if you're in a place where you know, you know that you're, you know, a part of the road is going to be in shadow for most of the day. You can probably expect that to still be frozen or there'd be ice there, right? If you're driving over a bridge, there's no insulation. You could expect there to be ice buildup on that bridge. Yep. Okay. If there's normally, you know, like dips in the road where there's, you know, runoff of water in the rain, you expect that to be ice. I mean, you know, use your head with a lot of this stuff. Don't be doing a crazy, you know, crazy turns or going super fast or whatever. If you do start to slide, leave, you know, steer into it. Don't slam on your brakes. Take your foot off the gas and turn into it. Yeah. Your vehicle will naturally correct. Yeah. If you're hydroplaning, you know, in rain condition, let off the accelerator. Don't slam on the brakes. Yeah. Above all else. You're only going to slide. Do not brake just take your foot off the gas the car will naturally slow down well the thing is your weight your car's weight too so especially when you're hydroplaning mm-hmm. you've let off the accelerator you're gonna drop yeah you get your traction again don't slam on the freaking brake right. if you're you know even if your tires are spinning quickly those treads are still catching at least a little yes. bit if you slam on the brakes, you're not catching it. Correct. You just took away all your traction by doing that. It's not smart. Oh, God, the bane of my existence, black ice. 
it's there, it's so hard to actually see this stuff, but you just got to be very wary, especially if you're going over bridges, overpasses, stuff like that. There can be black ice on that more often than on just like I was going to say it's called it's called black ice for a reason. It looks like pavement. my biggest my biggest thing with black ice is. You know, a lot of the time people kind of check out when they, mm-hmm. you know, go on their commute, when they're driving, they just go on autopilot in any kind of weather or any kind of, you know, conditions that aren't favorable for driving, you know, make driving a engaged task again. Yes. <laughs> you know, like you need to be there totally like don't be on your phone, you know, keep up with your situation. Yeah. Or anything, you know, like even if you're just like if you're driving home from work and you're normally like, oh, you know, think about, oh, I'm going to eat or, oh, the kids are doing this or, oh, that's, you know, no, get out of that. You're driving. You know, you're you're pulling around a 2000 pound death machine. Like act like it's more than that. Yeah, I'm I'm even I'm guilty of doing that. Like, dude, driving can be boring, but at the same time. I've got to learn that it's Florida and driving around here is an adventure in itself because people are insane down here. Mainly because we have the freaking well, like, that. I mean, I have to drive an hour one way or an hour, you know, two hour drives. Yeah. Hour one way every single day for work. So, yeah, I'll have a podcast on. I'll be, you know, one hand on the steering wheel, hanging out, you know, lean back, doing my thing because I do it every single mm-hmm. day. If I have weather. My seat's up. I got both hands on the wheel. My podcaster music is turned down and I'm paying attention because you're in charge of that vehicle. If you have to react and if you're lackadaisical or if you're reacting super hard, you're going to overcorrect and cause more damage. So, you know, be engaged, have a high level of awareness when you're, you are going to have uh, worse conditions where you're driving. And then planning ahead. So if you have to travel anywhere, so even if just going to work, right? Make sure somebody is aware of your travel plans. Yep. If you have to stop for gas, hey, I stopped for gas. My ETA is going to be a little bit different now or, you know, whatever. But make sure that people are aware of where you are, where you're going in a general time frame so that they can check in on you if need be. Like we talked about checking the weather. Yep. Yeah, Kawa. Thank you. Exactly. I mean, it it transfers over completely, right? And this is kind of thing where, you know, the lines blur a lot. But checking the weather before you go. You know, what kind of weather am I, you know, driving? What kind of weather am I driving to? And then, you know, just doing your normal PCCs, PCI stuff. You know, kick your tires. Make sure you're up on gas. Make sure you have your emergency kit, your communication stuff, your, you know, whatever. ABC, go down the list. Make a list, check it twice. But you just, you know, regardless, always remember that preparation is key. You know, giving yourself the most informed, you know, giving yourself the best chance at a good outcome, preparing everything, researching everything. It's, it's no different than what everyone does. Right. You're giving yourself the best chance of a good outcome, especially when the weather uh, can be, you know, inclement or working against you. It's a hell of a lot better than you. Right. And like we say about a lot of our. Like we said it in a lot of our uh, homesteading stuff and sustainability stuff is 
review and update your emergency supplies. If stuff's expired, swap it out. Make sure everything's in good conditions and also make sure it meets your family's needs. So if you have a growing family, yes. update that stuff. It's going to change. And not just and not just one vehicle. Correct. You can't count on always riding one vehicle. Mm-hmm. Your spouse better have the same stuff you Correct. do. You know, that's just part of your family planning. Yep. If you have two times the vehicles, you need two times the supplies. It's just how it works. It's more expensive. Life's hard. Wear a helmet. That's you know, part of being a responsible adult. So, yeah. With all that said, guys, uh, that was our lessons learned. Quick overview again of uh, preparing for winter. Do you have any big aha moments, big lessons learned this year as we prepare for another winter of illness and death as our White House so politely warned us uh, of? So once again, I still have not gotten the COVID boosters because, you know, I actually want my heart to function. Um, No, man, like aside from. Dude, cold weather crept up on us. It, it wasn't cold for a while on here. So now I'm just like, well, crap. I really need to stock up on wood. And then I did. So, yeah, I'm good. No, I just, the only aha moment it was is just, hey, just stock up on wood ahead of time. You know, even if you don't think it's going to be that cold, grab it because you never know. Yep. What about you? Uh, something else. Just like you said, taking things as they as they come. You know, so like we were at, uh, you know, it was a little bit of a hit to the to the pocketbook, but we were at Costco a while back and, you know, we stocked it on base layers for everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, that's stuff that everybody either out, you know, for me and my wife, we, you know, we use it, we outuse it, it gets worn down for our boys, they grow out of yeah. it, you know, but, you know, this is stuff that you're, we're going to need regardless. Something that I was doing a lot when we were in that initial push of, um, preparing was buying something every time we went to the grocery store just a little thing yeah so you don't have to have that huge knock to the you know to the grocery bill but just doing something um something i did uh was you know buy another like 50 pound bag of the uh like the charcoal yeah you know just the big bulk charcoal stuff because that's really good putting out heat but also every time i went to the grocery store i bought one of those like processed chemical like cancer causing logs that burn for like five or eight hours oh the duraflame ones yeah yeah because i'm like yeah it's not optimal but i know it's gonna burn i mean yeah so emergency situation that's something to throw on i mean it's gonna throw something i can throw on at night so i don't have to worry about it going out right. you know so it's just a little something okay. every little time that's good um yeah um oh and then the only other thing i did was i changed the way that I stack wood so instead of doing like the normal rows or towers, I, I make a whole house on. Right. Um, I've had pretty good, uh, pretty good effect with that. I like that a lot more. It's probably how I'm going to stack wood from now on. Yeah, that, that crazy, honestly, that crazy stack. You should throw that back up on Instagram too. So people know what you're talking about. I'll throw it back on again whenever we do the episode, but it just, it seasons all the wood all at mm-hmm. once, which is really nice. And I don't have to worry about the inside. Because the inside is protected. So at least one side is going to be dry and not frozen. So that's pretty cool. No, that's great. Well, guys, this has been Hard Time Strongman Podcast. Preparation 
for the winter 2023-2024 lessons learned from this past year. Thank you guys for joining us. If you're still here, please check out our Discord. Please check out our Patreon. We are still working on everything. Join us in conversations. It's been the Hard Time Strongman Podcast. Training up a better class of men. Stay in the fight. Hey guys, this is Six and Seven with the Hard Time Strongman Podcast. Wanted to take a second to do a mental health check-in and to tell you all about the 988 Crisis Lifeline. So the 988 Lifeline is a national network of local crisis centers that provides free and confidential emotional support to people in suicidal crisis or emotional distress 24 hours a day, seven days a week in the United States. You can reach the Lifeline at 988lifeline.org or you can call or text 988 to get help to get someone real on the phone. Every struggle is different. Every struggle is hard. But you are not alone in whatever you're going through. As someone who has used the 988 crisis line, I fully recommend that if you're feeling any of those feelings of depression, suicide, hopelessness, get in touch with them immediately. They will help you. They will listen to you. Once again, guys, you can reach the lifeline at 988lifeline.org or you can call or text them at 988. As always, guys, stay in the fight. Stay in the fight.